I'm Ted Baker, and this is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 73, Quick Turnaround Edition, Game 3, Tuesday. Uh, site, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, time, 5 o'clock, against the Golden Griffins of Canisius. We're joined by the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond. Welcome back. Thanks, Ted. Let's step out and take a look at the big picture here. You're 0-2 after two games, one of those losses to a top-15 team in Michigan. The other one, Colgate, will probably be a top-15 team after they beat Albany. So really all we know at this point is you might not be a top-15 team. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I think there are elements here that could create that type of uh, title or or uh that type of positioning, but um, yes, we still have to figure out ways to play better sixty minutes of lacrosse for sure. You know, I think um, there are there are parts of that game, Ted, that we feel like um, you know are are uh, just improvement based, where we look at it and go, okay, well, we've got to get better in all these spots, and there are some parts of it where we go, well, man, this is a winnable game uh, if. You know, this one person or or maybe two people each possession can can execute a touch better. So, um, you know, the score the score is what it is, and and that uh, is uh, disturbing and and disappointing in itself. But you know, we feel like the from the things that we wanted to improve on um, with with a couple different players from one game to the next, uh, we feel like there were a bunch of highlighted points where. Um, we did play a, a a competitive full brand of lacrosse or full field brand of lacrosse rather, and uh, and then there are some where we still are in an element that um, young guys need more experience. Uh, uh, the older veteran guys need to play better ball, and um, with some long conversations with our guys, we had a bus ride home where we could talk to them and and um, spend some time, see what's on their minds, and and talk through the fact that, uh, like you said, Ted. It may feel like more, and, you know, we've been at this thing for a while, but it's two games, you know, and you look over the landscape of uh, the Division one, uh, the Division one teams and, and all the schedules, and, I mean, you see a ton of lopsided twisted scores and groups that are great one day and, and bad the next. And, again, it sounds like a broken record here, but we got to make sure that our guys stay focused on the fact that we got a long way to go. And um, there is plenty of time and opportunity to improve. Do we want to win some games along this improvement path? Yes, we do, and we will. Um, but right now, we're looking at it as, yeah, we played two pretty good teams uh, that that have shown that they are, and um, we didn't play great against either. And so we we got to figure out a way to play a better game uh, Tuesday, and then a better game the following Tuesday, and then a better game the following Saturday. So uh, I, I wish I had. Uh, you know, a more secret recipe to success, but uh, it doesn't have to be complicated. The Hobart lacrosse team just got to continue to get better. Let's take a look at the first half of that Michigan game. You had a lead at 1.32. It was 6-5 at the half. They were playing physical. You answered back. Uh, you got some good saves early, and, and I just felt stayed with them, and, and everybody felt at halftime, okay, this is what we were looking for in terms of improvement from week one to week two. Yeah, for sure. You know, and the and the halftime huddle was was a great place to be. You know, and I think um, y- you know e- even in that huddle, 
couple guys said, Coach Brundage included, uh, you know, I'm fired up to be in this huddle right now, fired up to have these hands in here. And 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 that's the best part about this, Ted. This is still a great group of guys. And, you know, two losses hasn't changed that. Their their frustrations are showing. We we can see um we can see effort, which I think is needs to be recognized. You know, our guys are playing very hard and uh and, and again, just kind of making some some one guy mistakes uh, in, in critical moments. You know, I think that uh, as we go into that third quarter under the, under the impression that, you know, a, a big 10 returning champion can most likely go on a run and um, we got to handle it with, with some great composure. Uh, but, you know, I think the, uh, the attitude that we're looking for is here and you could see it in that half, that, that half and, and, um, see the competitive nature and even with the the four goal run that they go on in that third quarter it, you know we're not playing terrible across we're we're just you know we're not capitalizing on offensive opportunities even though we're having offensive great offensive possessions you know with our pass count high and um guys in the right spots guys moving the ball and um you know a couple decisions at the end of a possession where it's like okay we don't need to throw that pass we got to keep playing or you know we got to shoot the scout here and then defensively it's you know you you see that as we mold that defensive game plan um continue to harp on the things that worked in the first half start to make a couple adjustments in the second you know i think it's it's tightening up some stuff here and there so um i really don't believe like we're that far away i don't i i think that um you know, we got to add a few more uh, important decisions and and get a few guys back healthy. Add some add some a little bit a little bit more depth to the roster here and there. But um, you know, these guys are moving and shaking, and and I love the I love the up and down and the energy in the first half, and I loved it. You know, to basically to start in that third quarter. The fourth quarter is kind of where we let a run get to us a bit. We start falling apart a little, uh, a little, and you see some of the the freshman sophomore stuff come out. But uh, again, I think the attitude that we have is is a is a positive one and fierce in a lot of different ways. So first half great, and then you know how do we how do we handle runs with poise and composure going forward? You mentioned the injuries. The two that I noticed right away: uh, John Hurley, he didn't play in the midfield, and no Matt Turner on defense. Uh, can you tell us anything about those two or anybody else? Uh, yeah, and then you you know, K Dino goes down with a, who's playing great lacrosse for us. He goes down in the Colgate game, so we're thin at that defensive midfield spot. You know, Johnny obviously a great shooting and scoring threat for us. Would have been great to have him. You almost you're also down. You know, Seamus Schofield, who you know Moose is is emerged as a, a top faceoff guy and got a guy that we I think could have really used to change that guy up a little bit. I think. The Michigan faceoff guy is very good, and and he showed that. So, um, yeah, just a couple a couple places where you can have some excuses, you know. But you put, you know, Nick Sadaropoulos in for you know for the Turner situation, and and Tyler Cavo and Josh Doobie playing good ball. So, you know, there there are guys that that can play here and play in these spots. We just uh, got to make sure that we're putting them in the right ones Monday to Friday, and and um, getting them. Uh, positive reps where they know where to be and when come come game day, especially against the top fifteen opponent. You know there aren't too many places where an experienced group like Michigan leaves you error, and I think so. Um, the, these guys recognizing that we're going to watch a ton of film today and and prepare right for Canisius. But I just uh, you know 
we we feel like with a with a little bit of a banged up roster, we just got to get guys to step in, step up, and play a better brand of lacrosse. Our broadcast position in Michigan was behind the goal, so that gave us a little bit different look. And one of the things I noticed during that Michigan run and throughout the game, it looked like their offense was able to operate right in front of the net a lot. It looked to me like you weren't able to move them outside to the fringes. Uh, well, one they they got great feeders. They got you know an excellent off ball guy in number forty four. One of those guys that you know doesn't really need to be open a ton before they throw it to him. And you know what I think the uh, uh, they they see at halftime is a team playing a little bit of zone and um, in, in Hobart, and we're kind of mixing and matching and moving in and out of of man to man and zone, and and it gave them a lot of frustration in the first half. I think um, they. Uh, kind of you know found those gaps in that zone starting in that third quarter and and threw a couple risky skip passes threw a couple risky feeds inside that that worked out for him you know with with catching finishes and catching shots and you got guys that are you know right next to that player um and uh not not able to finish a check because maybe they're a step away or or uh, a little bit further away than they need to be so the off-ball stuff has got to tighten, and we just got to make sure we, as as the game goes on, don't lose sight of a scouting report, don't lose sight of um, where opponent players are great and where we need to put them to make sure that they aren't great. And so, again, I think um, an inside-out perspective defensively, you know, has us uh, um, – has us in a place where our guys need to see how to play great positioning, both on and off ball as the game goes on. That, that's some of the details of what we do defensively really did get loose and and sloppy. And so um, I think that's where if you leave a couple of those guys open for a little bit too long or even just a, you know, a touch more than you should, uh, Michigan showed that they uh, they can find those players and, um, and go on a little bit of a run. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, recognizing that, Michigan is a pretty good team, and I think capitalized on a couple a couple situations that we had. But um, you know, I think knowing who knowing who we can be from a, a decision making standpoint has got to be paramount going forward. Here, I think our guys have recognized from year to year what what keeps happening to us in the third quarter, but uh, or the fourth quarter when we it seems like we lose focus. But it's just, I mean, it, it's literally a detail in in an off ball positioning, Ted. It's not a crazy fix. Our guys just have to be more focused and tuned in um, throughout an entire game, especially when a team has the ball repeatedly. That's where we get a little bit tired and and we start taking some of these off-ball and on-ball details for granted. And then all of a sudden you see number five sweeping for his left hand, something we talked about not happening all week. Number 40 sleep, sweeping for his left hand, something we talked about not happening all week. And then 44 with a little bit too much space off ball, where we talked about that not happening all week. So we got to find a way to tune this stuff together, these these details that go into a game plan, and we need to make them last uh, a lot longer than they're lasting right now. Offensively, two games in, what I'm seeing, I'm interested in your look at the offense, it just seems like you're having a difficult time improving your position. You, you set up in the half field, and 20, 25 seconds later, you're no closer to having a good shot than you were. Uh, well, yeah, I would disagree with that, Ted. I think that they um, we had a lot of great opportunities. Uh, I do believe that we didn't finish the ball. You know, there are... Um, 
uh, one-on-nuns with with Rosie and Chris Patterson and and Anthony has great shot opportunity. John Jude, great shot opportunity in the third quarter, and and um, Chad Bach with you know showing athleticism, knifing through an entire defense three times and kind of not cashing in on that uh, those opportunities. So who knows how the landscape of that game changes if you finish those those four or five opportunities. You know, I think that what we saw in the third quarter was better offense but an inability to put the ball into the net so that we we watched the we watched uh, diligently yesterday as a staff and said you know first and second quarter were okay offensively not great we thought the third quarter was the best offense we played and an inability to actually score the goal you know we get Shea out the front a few times and don't capitalize on two of those opportunities and and um so again, in the same reverse of the decision making from a defensive standpoint, offensively, when you're playing a good goalie, you just um, shooting the scouts very important, and uh, you know especially with those those uh, um, those hands free opportunities. But you know, I think again, it, it's the most important guy in that offensive set, the guy that has to finish those plays. But if you watch that third quarter uh, diligently, Ted, you see very good ball movement, very good off ball movement, you know, sharing the ball a ton and then uh, an inability to cash in on, on those places, those weaknesses that we saw. So, um, you know, it's a kind of tale of two stories there. You got an athletic defense that isn't sliding much unless that, you know, Delhi had the ball or, or John Jude a little bit. So we noticed that noticed that, Ball movement always being our best dodger had to had to keep going and improve. So I don't think the offense is in a place where we're going. Why aren't we getting shots? We're we're in a place where we're going. All right. Well, how how do we make sure that these shots go into the goal? And um, again, pushing forward from an improvement standpoint and and recognizing that we've got a lot of great parts to the hole here. That uh, I just think. You give Chad that opportunity another three times as the season goes on, he's cashing in on those things. You know, I think that you keep coaching Chris Patterson and he's got, you know, uh, you know, back cut with a great opportunity to catch the ball and and just bounces off the, the head of his stick. Um, he's cashing in on that. Rosie's cashing in on those as, as time goes on. So we just we believe in our players to be able to make these improvements and make these growths, and we're going to keep pushing them to do so. It's interesting from a number standpoint, shot on goal percentage, you're the exact same as your opponents, but finishing is where the big difference is. So when you talk about shooting the scout, you're talking about what the book is on that goalie if you're supposed to go low left and they're not doing it? Yeah, yeah. How you? Well, how, what he's like in tight versus what that goalie's like, you know, uh, uh, with with time and room, and um, what what we've seen on film going up into that point, and um, can you in a high pressure moment, it, you know, when when you're in tight and your hands are free, can you move the guy correctly and um, make sure he's not at his strengths, and and when it's time and room, can you continue to mix those shots up and and you know change your change your delivery change the uh, uh, the way your hands are, either, you know, changing plane from high to low, changing plane from low to high. Can you continue to work and and mold as the game goes on? So another thing that w- with time and, and energy and, and, and great focus can get much better for us. So, and that's two games in a row, Ted, where we play two pretty good goalies, you know, and I think that's going to, that, that's the reason why we wanted Colgate and Michigan in these first two games so that uh, it, in the end, uh, no matter what we're talking about, goalies, um, defenders, face-off guys, 
10 man rides, the, all of this stuff. Um, we've seen it at a very high level early and, and know that um, if we can stay focused on all these things that we talk about, that this will this can only make us better you know that that corny phrase loss uh learning opportunity stay strong that that's where we're at right now and thankfully i do have a, a tough team and a strong team here so uh, i believe in my heart of hearts as time goes on <laughs> excuse me shooting that scout doing the right things on face-off wings doing the right things in between the lines and from an inside out standpoint on defense are just going to keep getting better you only failed to clear in that game four times, but yet you turned it over 21. We talk about empty possessions where you get the ball in the offensive end and don't get a shot. What do you attribute that to? It just seems like, uh, for example, somebody will make a great play, great clearing pass, and then the next pass is thrown away. Yeah, that's a, a lack of focus, man. These are these are rushed decisions um, and and more poise needed in, in areas where, you know, we as coaches, just like you, Ted, are on the sideline going, you know, you could have handled that four or five different ways to make sure that that passes on the year. I mean, you know, when we've got the first clear of the game, we talked all week long about, you know, we, we think we're faster than a couple of their attackmen when we're running north to south. So if you get the ball to Nikki, you get the ball to Puppy, you get the ball to Chad, like let's let's try and use our legs here and run this ball much better than we did a week ago. And first clear, you know, one of our fastest guys, Nick Galace, has the ball, wins a corner, runs by two people effectively and throws the ball over Rosie's head. So and, and they get the ball back and score on that repeated possession. So, you know, I think just recognizing that the, these aren't where to be and when errors, these are focus and hand, hone in on your stick work so that um, if you got to take one more second or, or one more breath or whatever it is to put that ball on an ear, you know, and I think you're talking about a unique environment where the lighting was a little funky and, you know, maybe a couple of those errors have to do with that or one, you know, it's just the, 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 mo the move and shake of, you know, early season stuff as it gives a lot of distractions in those in those stick work elements. So whether it's cold outside or it's windy or it's, you know, you're playing in a lighted environment you've never played in before and da 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 all all things to consider, you know, when you're warming up and getting your feet set and, and all of this stuff. So I do think those are correctable things. You know, we we watch all of these 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 21 turnovers and about half of them are mistakes of commission and, and, and the other half are omissive mistakes that just require our guys to again put in repetition make sure that their hands and their eyes are sound going into that game and we can make those those 15 20 yard passes on ears more frequently as time goes on here i know this isn't your style we've talked about this before but was there any point late in that game seven or eight minutes left considering just pulling everybody and going with some number twos and seeing what they look like in a game well, not now. I mean, we can't. That number two, number twos are in there, Ted. I mean, they're you know we got like Jackson Galliani's out, Kate Dino's out, John Hurley he's out, uh, Sheamus is out. You know, we're we're talking about frontline guys that aren't playing right now. So you're looking at uh, some number twos on the field for sure. And those guys got to play sixty minute games, you know. And I think that uh, being able to fight at the end of those games and and uh, figure out. So how to how to get through some adversity together, stay together in those moments, keep our sideline energetic. And then, you know, Joel Stevens is on the field at the end of the game and Suley's on the field at the end of the game. I mean, we're, we're you're talking about, you know, half the bench being in there 
And and so that that's that's where we're at right now is that we do have um, a couple a couple people in these positions of depth, so to speak, that are in the game and uh, are in the game for a long period of time. And those guys have to continue to play in game day scenarios. And so, you know, for us right now, substitutions have happened. And um, we have to find a way to get those guys the right time and to keep keep them battling, keep Brooks Ryan on the field, keep Brady on the field, and, and keep Cavo on the field, keep Chris Patterson on the field, and and make sure that they are continuing to play lacrosse in-game scenarios against good opponents so that when the time goes down and, and we are you know down the road here a little bit, hopefully – We'll be in scenarios where that scores in our favor, and then we can get some guys that are on the bench and get get them some time. So, you know, the the, the simple fact of it is, we we've got uh, those quote unquote secondary players or depth players on the field right now, and um, and they're playing in competitive elements and high pressure elements for us. So, uh, we we feel like they need developed stamina endurance throughout a 60-minute game at this point in the season. We're recording on Monday, so uh, Game 3 is tomorrow as we record against Canisius. Right now listed as Pool Family Dome, but the forecast looks pretty good. Is that set in stone yet, or what, what can you tell us? Yeah, not set in stone. You know, it's it's cold here, and, and the turf looks like a frozen tundra today, so we're hopeful that, you know, the boss can clear up and uh, and we can be outside for this game tomorrow. We're, we're going to wait and see how it goes today. We're going to plan for both scenarios and, you know, get our ticket list ready. So if we're inside, then we can make that call. And, and if we're outside, hopefully, um, and then, uh, you know, it's a decision of the past. So we're, um, we're hopeful that some some warmer weather and hopefully some sun can take care of Boswell Field and make it clear. But if it's um, in a position where it's dangerous or it doesn't look great, we're we're going to take it inside. We'll we'll wait and see. Canisius is a team you've handled twelve wins in a row. You've scored twenty on them the last four. They're just coming off a win over Bellarmine on Saturday. Uh, what can you tell us about this year's Golden Griffins? Uh you know, I think they that's a big win for them. Bellarmine, we saw them play uh, that that Michigan game was. You know, we see Michigan play Virginia, and then we saw Michigan play Canisius. So I think, you know, getting a getting a read on Michigan first and foremost is pretty tough in between those two opponents. But um, you know, you also see a team that battled pretty hard in Ann Arbor against Michigan, and then goes down and and plays a, uh, a Bellarmine team that I didn't really think respected them well. And, and Canisius did a good job of uh, uh, kind of monitoring that game, making sure they were smart with the ball and, and, you know, having some long possessions. So I, you know, unfortunately uh, we can't spend ample time in the preparation for Canisius right now. I mean, in one day we could put in all different scenarios to defend them or, or, you know, where you attack them offensively and all of these things. Um, but I think this is a great time for us to, to make sure that we do what we do um, much better than we have in two previous games. Um, I know that uh, our guys are going to be mature enough to approach this as an opportunity to get our first win together, not um, playing because of the way circumstances have gone in the past against Canisius. I just, I don't think that way, Ted. I don't think that this is a team we've beat by so-and-so goals. And, you know, I'm already getting... You know the, those texts and these like all the all the in between in the gray area like hey go score twenty and da da da, da. like no we we have to play next play lacrosse we got to play underdog lacrosse 
We have got to play the right over the easy. We have to be disciplined more than we have in our first two contests. Is Michigan as good as Colgate and, or sorry, is Kanisha as good as Michigan and Colgate? No, they are not. But, um, I mean, it's Division One lacrosse. And if, we, if we're not focused and we don't have the right head on our shoulders, um, then we could be in for a dogfight here. And we're prepared or will be prepared for each guy to win more individual battles than they have in these first two games. Um, win more battles on the ground. Uh, you know, one thing that I'm most embarrassed about these first two games is the ground ball statistics and the turnover statistics. So um, we got to make sure that these are capitalized and and taken care of. And if they are, the outcome will take care of itself. But uh, from a process standpoint, we've got to be pretty focused on what Hobart does. And on a day prep for an opponent, just know that they feel like you know, they're in a good place and they got a fragile Hobart team and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, you know, I'm not worried about any of that. I'm focused on our guys um, approaching this game like it's a dog day and we have to play as such in order to get a victory. You've mentioned a lot of different things, so let's boil them down. What are one or two points of emphasis for Tuesday's game? Uh, points of emphasis, first and foremost, is um, – how we play the ball defensively, how we're positioned off ball defensively. You know, we we have to have more poise in the toughness and the pace. Um, I want to see our team play better team defense. Everybody does. Everybody that likes Hobart or claims to anyway, you know, when everybody, you know, loves to throw, um, you know, gas on the fire here when it seems like a team's not performing well, but we're – we're in a spot where we know we can perform well and we're going to. We just we got to get back to the details of what are what's going to make a team defense tick. And um, and also we've got to do a great job um, on our first time clears. We've got to do a great job on the wings of face offs. We have to do a great job winning the ground ball war. So the four things I want to make sure happen in this game is can we clear the ball over 90 percent? Can we win a ground ball war? Can we have more bone plays, more hard work plays, more gray area plays, more plays that give us more possessions of the ball and prove that we want to win more? And um, and, and the last is, you know, can we uh, can we make sure from a transition element up and down that we're more ready to play from a next play scenario than our opponent? All right, Coach Greg Raymond of the Statesman, uh, 5 o'clock Tuesday, a site at this point as we record Monday still to be determined depending on weather and how uh, how the boss melts off. But uh, we appreciate your time and appreciate your candor as always. All right, thanks, Ted. This has been the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 73. You can get this podcast wherever you find your podcasts, uh, be it Apple or Google or Spotify or wherever, and get all your news on Hobart and William Smith Athletics at the official website, hwsathletics.com. Until next time, have a great lacrosse week.